you haven't considered multifamilies uh, as part of your portfolio, uh, I hope you do. Sam and I have a very nice mix of single families and multifamilies. Um, they can just accelerate your wealth so much faster than a single family is. Like, I, I love the patience of that we have with our single families. It's not about what they're worth next year or the year after. It's about what they're worth in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, right? And that's cool. Like, uh, We can buy it. We can wait. We can whatever the market's doing. We don't care as long as we're cash flowing. But um, with with a multifamily, just one of them, one acquisition, we're able to increase um, the value of our portfolio from purchase to what it's worth in a few years by a million dollars. Like you can't do that with a single family house. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Welcome to episode eight of Ordinary Guys, Extraordinary Wealth. My name is Sam Prim. And I'm Lucas Walls. We got a doozy for you today. Today, we're going to talk about our 32-unit apartment complex that we bought that the owner used to collect rent with a gun in his back pocket, right? Yeah. Well, we had, tucked in his waistband. Tucked in his, his waistband. Yeah. I think of front when I think of waistband, but I guess it's the back waistband yeah. too. Um, we evicted 18 of the 32 tenants in the first little bit that we took over. And um, someone pooped in the basement uh, yeah. stairwell that our, our guy had to get out, and that's not even half of it. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Anything else I missed on that? You missed a lot on that, but we're gonna dig into it. All right, awesome. Well, let's get rocking on it. LFG, LFG. You don't like that. No. All right, let's get rocking. All right, so <laughs> this episode is gonna be fun. We're trying to do a like kind of a case study style, walk you through a deal. We'll obviously go over the numbers, but I think it's really gonna be fun for everybody to just walk through the deal with us. I was saying earlier. TikTok, even YouTube, I feel like I'm kind of rushed and can't like sit back and actually tell the story of the deal because this this was a crazy story. So yeah. I put off, I put out probably 10 pieces of content on this video and I've never talked about some of the stuff we're going to talk about. So it's going nice. to be a new perspective on it. And I feel like there's a lot of learning lessons along the way. Cool. And before we get started, we forgot to say this video, this podcast is brought to you by Celsius. There you go. Maybe we should say that. Get us to send them a case. Yeah, this is just kidding. But if you guys want to get involved, get at us. I don't think anyone from Celsius is going to listen to this, but maybe soon. You never know. You never know. All right, cool. So let's just let's just get into it. So we this is in 2017. We got this deal brought to us. It was a 32 unit. It was probably would have doubled if more than that, our, our portfolio at the time. So we had a nine unit that was a really small little building, but this was our first kind of big deal. And yeah. we got it brought to us from a broker, right, Brian? Yeah. So we got it brought, brought to us from a broker, Brian. And uh, at, at this point in time, we didn't really know how to, how to structure multifamily deals or how to use other people's money to acquire multifamily deals. So we offered a 100% owner finance <laughs> offer for this guy. And they were like, uh, no thanks. So he didn't take that. The guy with the gun did not take that. And he said, never mind. But uh, anyway, so he sold it to someone else. Yep. Right. And uh, the person that he sold it to was uh, in the military, 
He was out of town a lot, but uh, wanted to own this asset, but really didn't know what he was getting himself into. Because like Sam said, this this place was a disaster. There was crime. There was drug use. There was non-payment. Um, just a, a really... Um, quite the project for us, right? It was kind of your prototypical slumlord type that we yeah. try to be the exact opposite of. Right. It's in a pretty good area town. I call it a B area town, B minus area town. It was close to the police station and the police had told us, you know, as we took over that they were there daily and we'll get to how often they were there at the end, which is kind of the wrap up, but they were there literally almost daily and take one step back before we take two forward. The reason we offered 100% owner financing because the bank said no. We went to the banks that we knew when we were trying to work out a private. We, we didn't know exactly how to structure it, but we tried to, you know, offer, um, you know, some type of financing with the bank and we were told no from everybody. So For our sure. only option was owner financing yeah, at that so, time. So he didn't take it. He sold to someone else, but uh, the person that he sold it to got in over his head and uh, the broker uh, came back to us. was like, hey, will, will you guys take this over pretty much. And uh, he was not asking us to buy it at the time. He was asking us to sign a master lease and manage it for him for the most part, right? And if, if we you know, managed it the correct way, we could have an option to buy anytime within the next year. Um, so we did that. Um, we pretty much used um, all the cash flow to fix up these tenants and to try to clean up this building because it was flat out dangerous there for a little bit. Um, it's not like we evicted 18 tenants because we didn't like the people is because they were hurting the community and it was flat out dangerous for them to be there. Yeah, it was it was something that needed to happen. And at that time in our career walls, I don't think it could have happened any other way because of all the money we put into it. And I remember you probably know a little more details than me, but we were taking the rent, every bit of it, and we were using most of that to pay for repair. So it yeah. wasn't our money. It was the rent that we were collecting. It was the the person who owned it was in over their head and they were like you said they were military they got stationed in North Carolina so they were they were out of town and couldn't handle it and it was it, they thought it was going to be like a turnkey deal yeah. and it was not so we used his money the rent to rehab it which we would have had to do had we bought it um, I would assume we would have walked all the units, but maybe not. And so we would have been screwed ourselves. So it worked out yeah. really, really well that we were able to use his rent. And I think some months he ended up giving us a little bit of money um, to repair all of them because we put in hundred. 150 grain in the first year into yeah. it before we owned it, which is the kind of detail that I haven't got into in the other videos. Sure. So that was just a, a unique thing. We didn't even own it for a year. We did all the hard work that you had everything, but we didn't have to use our own money. So by the time, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, we did buy it. You know, everything was pretty smooth, not perfect, yeah. but pretty smooth. Definitely smoother than when we took over under the master lease. So we were paying this owner 10 grand a month. Uh, and then we would collect maybe 15 grand a month. But there was there was months where we're like, we can't pay you, Mr. Owner, this 10 grand a month. We had to use every dime to fix up your property, right? So these are 32 one-bed, one-baths units, all the same, two 16-unit buildings. So the actual turn of, of a unit that size, they're about four or 500 square foot a piece, so pretty small. You know, we could turn them pretty decent finishes for about $10,000 a piece, give or take, depending on how the tenant left it. Um, so we were doing a, a, a turn at least uh, a month um, for that first year. So we were spending, yeah, like you said, anywhere between a hundred and 200 grand on, on repairs. What was your favorite unit? It's got to be beat the pot with the, with the knife marks, right? Yeah, I think so. I still got pictures of that one. Maybe we can throw them up on here, but yeah. There was someone that was trying to beat the pot. They were hooked on the pot. Yeah, they wrote, they, they, and Sharpie Marker wrote beat the pot on the wall. And then there was, I don't know, probably a couple hundred, maybe um, nail or uh, 
knife like stabs in the drywall. Knife so, like, stabs. Knife stabs. Like Michael just Myers. Long. He, he. Is that Mike Myers? I guess it is. Yeah. I don't watch those movies. I don't like scary movies. Yeah, you um, get- not at all. Okay, so we took over the property. Uh, we didn't own it, which was a great thing. We had the ability to buy it at that 1.1 was the price that we were shopped at before we bought it or before we were turned down. That was our option to buy it at, yep. which was grossly overpaying because it wasn't turned around. But the yep. fact that it was turned around when we bought it, that's probably about what it was worth. Yep. But if you know much about apartment complexes, they're based on the income they produce and everything. So, you know, that first year, if we would have bought it, it would not have been worth 1.1. I don't know if the bank would even have financed that For sure. if they said yes. So the fact that, you know, we got under contract at 1.1 was kind of risky because it was probably worth about 750, 800. But the yep. fact that we turned it around, it was worth 1.1 when we bought it. Yeah. So we, you know, we paid market value when we were able to. So- while we were managing this and turning it around under the master lease, you know, we wanted to buy it as fast as possible at that point because we're like, as long once we get full ownership of this thing, it's it's just going to allow us to 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 further further optimize this uh, this building. So uh, we started learning about different ways to structure deals. Um, we're able to get a bank on our side, and we're able to execute the the purchase within you know maybe eight months of the master lease or so I forget the exact date. So 2018 we execute the purchase for 1.1 and it's all ours. It's our first large, not large, mid-sized multifamily deal. We had a nine unit before this, and then we jumped up to a, a 32 unit, and it's uh it's been cool ever since. But we got some crazy stories to go along with it. Um, I remember how bad the bugs were too. The roaches were so bad. We would have to treat this thing for like every single week for months, months at a time. And for those of you who don't have any multifamily buildings, like they usually come from like one unit. So you have someone that is super dirty, kind of a hoarder, and all the roaches stay there. Hoarder, right? With an R? Hoarder. Hoarders. Hoarder. Oh, I was going to say not the, make sure the D's in there. Oh, not a hoarder. Yeah. Yeah, Not a hoarder. A hoarder. Yes. Got Uh, that to go. Write that down. Whole bunch of stuff. Um, And that's where all the the cockroaches were. And they need, that that person probably needed to get out of our building anyway. It just takes time, right? So we go in and spray that unit and then all the roaches just leave that unit and go to the rest of the building. So um, even like the clean, clean units get, get roaches. And uh, that was a, one of the big challenges in this building too. Yeah. Before I go over the numbers of how we finance it and then what it was worth a couple different times and to really emphasize the power of multifamilies, which people always ask me, we'll do an episode on it. Single family versus multifamily. What do you like better? I, I go back and forth. Um, I remember in high school, people used to say, what do you like football or basketball? It's whatever season I was playing. I liked better, kind of similar. I love both of them. But one story I wanted to talk about also was remember the, a few units and this is not up my alley as much as yours, at least at the time, had big water bubbles, right? Like, yeah. they, like they look like a big pimple. I'm sure you've seen videos of, but like the size of like four or five basketball on the ceiling. On the yeah. ceiling. It was just the paint was holding it. Yeah. And you'd <laughs> pop it. And so, and the ceiling was, uh, the roof needed replaced in yeah. one of the buildings. There's two buildings. So yeah. it was a, it was a big learning lesson. I don't know if we should talk about lifting it or not. Probably not. Yet. Yeah, we'll keep that one off. This okay, podcast. we'll keep that yeah. one off this podcast. Maybe that'll be for like a special like insider edition. Ooh, but all I right, that's already taken. Yeah. So we so we bought it uh, in 2018. We closed on the purchase for 1.1 million. We did an 80 percent loan with the bank. So the bank financed 880 grand. We yep. used a private lender for the 220 grand. A couple yep. of them don't need to go into that much detail. But so 220 thousand from the private lender. 880000 from the bank. We closed. It was ours. We continued to improve it, mostly with efficiencies. We didn't put guns in our waistbands to collect mm-hmm. rent. We did it online. Online payments only. Online, yeah, online. You can mail us a check. We'll you can mail, yeah. yeah. 
So we worked on all that and improved the income, uh, increased efficiencies with management. I do videos on this kind of stuff all the time. People think that means not taking care of your tenants. We actually took better care of our tenants. We just were more efficient. We used technology. We took care of everything. So everything was paid on time, you know, and, uh, you know, less maintenance because we took care of things right away. So couple years later, so 2020, so just two years later after we bought it, um, the building appraised for $1.5 million. So that's um, you know a $400,000 increase in just a couple of years. That's crazy. That'd be really, really tough to do in any other type of investment. Get, you know, a, what is that? Probably 35-ish percent yeah. increase in just a couple of years. That's yeah. crazy. So it appraised for $1.5 million. So at this point, you know, we'll do a, a whole Burr episode, another, another episode. But basically, we wanted to refinance again and pull out some of that equity to pay back that $220,000 from, from our private lender. Yeah. So we just, we just owed the bank and we could collect the rest. So 80% of one5 is? Uh, not sure. 1.2. It's right there in front oh, of yeah, you. Oh yeah, there it is. It's 1.2 million. So to kind of try to keep it simple, we got a new loan for 1.2 million. We paid off our old loan of 880, which mm-hmm. would pay down to 825. We paid back our private lender is 220. We paid back him 75 grand of interest about. So that left us with 80 grand. So to, you know, not have you writing this down on a sheet of paper, we were able to refinance, pull out equity, pay everybody back plus interest. And we had 80 grand in our pocket to use. It's tax-free. We have a new loan of 1.2 million as opposed to the old loan. But why was it a better loan, Lucas? Yeah, because this one had uh, much better financing. We were able to uh, get an amortization uh, over 30 years. And I think we're at 4.5% on this fixed for like 10 years. So um, that was in 2020. So we got another eight years to go at four and a half percent, which in this environment looks amazing, right? So we knew interest rates were low. We decided to lock in and uh, therefore our monthly debt payment as a whole is a lot less than it was um, when we're paying both the original bank loan and our private lenders. So as a whole, we're cash flowing more. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about just the reason why it was uh, worth a lot more than we bought it, right? Obviously, the u- units look nicer. Cap um, rate. Yes. Yeah, the units look line. nicer, blah, blah, blah. But the big difference was is once we got the community right, and that's what multifamily investing is. It's not just a single house and a single tenant you got to worry about. If you have one bad egg in that building, it's going to disrupt your whole community, and that's one of the challenges. But uh, um it, it's worth it after, after looking at Sam's numbers that he went through there. So we bought it, and I think the average rent was like four ninety five. And like Sam said, it was cash. Some dude with a gun walking around uh, collecting money. But um, by the time we refinanced, all of our average rents were probably closer to that six hundred dollars a month. Um, and that spread across thirty two units is a difference of an extra three thousand dollars a month uh, to the top line, and also that hit our bottom line as well. So that is what. Uh, dictates the value of a building is how much net operating income that the building produces. So all of your rental income minus all of your expenses to operate that except for debt, debt that's not included in net operating income. And that's why we're able to raise the value to $1.5 million in 2020. And then we just got it uh, reevaluated again in case we wanted to sell it. And it, it got valued at $2 million because our average rent is up to about that $650, $675 these days. Yeah. So it almost doubled in value in four years. Yeah. That, that's a crazy powerful thing because we bought it with some upside with that rent. Because when you increase rent, you're like you said, you're increasing the top and bottom line because there's no yeah. expenses that go into to getting more rent. It's just literally money in your pocket extra. And 
I looked at our portfolio recently, and I know we try to keep up on rent, but rent goes up so quick. Some of, kind of some sweet spots that I think we're in on this building, as well as most buildings. I think we're 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 more than some people, but I think we're usually ten ish percent below market rent. You know, five to ten percent. So we're not like trying to maximize every little penny and make sure everybody's paying the most, and you know, making them maximize their checkbook. We're trying to give them a little bit of a deal so they feel like I'm getting at least a decent deal on this property that's well taken care of. So then they'll stay longer. Yeah. If somebody is always maximizing rent, they'll see something else come on, you know, mm-hmm. through Zillow, and they'll say, "I want to move at the end of my lease." So we try to be fair with our rent. We take care of our tenants as good as anybody I know. And we do try to give them at least a little bit of a deal on the rent so they feel like they're getting a deal. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, single family real estate, right? We love it, but the value is based on the market and comparable sales. And that's why I call it feel estate because it's a lot of emotion that goes involved into people purchasing. When did you just make that up? No, I've had that. When one. have you said feel estate in your entire life? How many times? I don't. Regardless, let's trademark that. And How many on. times have you said feel estate in your life? Uh, I would say twenty. Doubt it. How, is that your first one you've heard? The first one I've heard. Okay, well, open your ears because we hang out a lot. Well, we do. All right. Too much. Anyway, uh, but the value of this building is not based off comparable sales. Let's say it's it's based off the income that it produces. So uh, that's what I want to make sure is super clear multifamily difference between single family difference. Yeah. I like to call multifamilies families because they're just all ties. How many times have you said that? Uh, I mean, a lot. You need to open your ears. Oh up man. All right. I'll, I'll watch out for that one. families because it's just all what, what are you even saying? Altai? I just made it up because <laughs> I feel like you just made it up. But anyways. At yes, least I, feel is a word. <laughs> yeah, that is. All right. Um, you're just rhyming real and feel for our 50th episode where Luke's going to rap. Hey, what? what? And anyways, um, yeah, so I think the, to kind of hammer that home and pivot to the next topic, um, yeah, the multifamilies are great because you can control the value of the asset. It's not based on, you know, things that you can't control, like the economic conditions and exterior things. It's literally you control it because you control the income and expenses if you know what you're doing. So you do control the value. It's kind of sure. cool. And that's going to be part of my rant just a little bit. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch on that more here in a second. Cool. After we get to... Deal O the week. All right. Deal O the week. That's where we're going to start to. This is episode eight. We're still figuring everything's out. With episode seven, we started this segment, but we're not going to try to confuse and throw more numbers at you. We are going to um, keep it to this deal. So this deal is the deal O the week. So let's get on to Luke's rant and then I'll do my rant. And then we're going to talk about a $25,000 giveaway. giveaway. This nice. is maybe the last one we're going to talk about it because by the time this comes out, we're going to be the next week, we're going to be giving it away. We'll be flying people in. Yep. That's Shh. awesome. What? Okay. I thought oh. I didn't know that was a secret. Well, not for this episode. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, so yeah, my, my rant today is just uh, is, is the power of multifamilies. And if you haven't considered multifamilies uh, as part of your portfolio, uh, I hope you do. Sam and I have a very nice mix of single families and multifamilies. Um, uh, so, um, they can just accelerate your wealth so much faster than a single family is. Like, I, I love the patience of that we have with our single families. It's not about what they're worth next year or the year after. It's about what they're worth in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, right? And that's cool. Like, uh, we can buy it. We can wait. We can, whatever the market's doing, we don't care as long as we're cash flowing. But um, with with a multifamily, just one of them, one acquisition, we're able to increase um, the value of our portfolio um, from purchase to what it's worth in a few years by a million dollars. Like you can't do that with a single family house. So I would just highly recommend um, 
looking at some some larger deals uh, between you know five and fifty units, whatever, right? Uh, anything in there that range is valued off of what the income that that building produces, and it really start to accelerate your wealth even more than you have been with the single families. Awesome. You didn't make up any words in that, so good job. Thank you. All right. So my rant's just going to be usually on whatever's happening probably in the world or social media. I got some sports talks, but we're going to save that until we draw them in more. But my uh, go, my rant goes along kind of with this episode that there was a not good, in my opinion, landlord turned to good landlord. So we get a lot of hate on social media, mainly positive, but we do get the haters out there that, you know, landlords are evil, landlords are bad. And there probably are some, but not all landlords are that way. If you are in real estate or you want to get into real estate, you have a choice. You can be a slumlord or you can be a good landlord. You can kind of help the name or you can hurt the name. And if you do the right thing, you have pride in ownership, you're going to make more money. I feel like the goal of a, slum, a slumlord is to only make money. But if you get better tenants in there, you take better care of your property, you treat your tenants fairly, you're going to make more money in the long run because tenants aren't going to move out. In a 10-year period, if you really take care of your tenants, you'll probably get two or three move outs. If you don't, you're going to get six or seven. And that's, I bet, double the move outs is half the cash flow because when they move out, you don't collect rent. Um, you are probably having to repair things. You didn't take care of it. The tenant didn't take care of it. It's just a nightmare. So if you're only goal is cash flow. You should be a good landlord and not a slumlord. But if your goal is to improve the community and cash flow, you should for sure be a good landlord. Nice. Rant over? Rant over. All right. Want to talk about this giveaway? Let's talk about it. So our giveaway is worth $25,000. What we're going, to, I'm going to tell you how you can enter in a second, but the giveaway is $25,000 giveaway. What we're going to do is we're going to give away two of them on August 17th. So I don't know exactly when this episode comes out, but before then, I believe. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick two winners. You're going to be able to bring somebody with you and we're going to fly you out from wherever you are in the country. We're going to fly you out here to St. Louis to our office. We're going to put you up uh, at least one night, probably two nights, fly you out, put you up, and then we're going to hang out the entire day. You're going to be in our meetings. We're going to brainstorm, mastermind, talk about real estate. Whatever you want to know about real estate, we'll hook you up with the right person in our team or we'll chat with you. Then that night, we'll go to Top Golf or a Cardinals game, depending on when it is, something like that. And we'll have fun and then hotel, dinner, and then you know you can fly out the next day. We'll fly you out. So an all-inclusive you know, t- chance to hang out with us and our team for a day, day and a half. I'm going to tell you how you can win that, which I think that could that day could kind of set you on a course that could do a lot of positive things for you. Yeah. And if for some reason we've already picked uh, the, the winners of this giveaway, we'll, we'll do mo- many more giveaways, fun stuff like this all the time. We, you know, we want to meet you guys. We want you guys to succeed. And we think hanging out with us will, will help you on your real estate journey. Yeah. I think the flipping company for sure should foot that bill um, for the next one. All right. So kind of to do a little final wrap up of this episode, I think creating or getting creative is sometimes the only option. Like we had to get super creative. We tried creative financing. It didn't work. We did a master lease with, you know, management and then figured it out during eight months. So just sometimes not, not saying no and just continue to push through and go down whatever path presents itself is, is the only way to get it done. Yeah. And I think getting creative in this interest rate environment, while we're a little higher than we've, we've seen in the past and Harder to get deals to cash flow is uh, going to continue to be uh, important. So utilize those private lenders, um, utilize owner financing when you can, subject to all sorts of creative ways to structure deals, get good at that, and you can have just that many more tools in your tool belt when you're looking to take something like this down. I like it. I'm writing down creative finance. We're going to do an episode on that coming up soon. All right. If you would like to win that giveaway, all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star review. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. 
um, go check out the videos, like them, uh, check out the podcast and give us a five-star review. Pretty simple. We're going to pick somebody on the 17th and we're going to fly you out. Awesome. All right. Good job, Walls. All right. You too, bro. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message, and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.